I mean, apparently nothing, because I still haven't lost any pounds, so. <laughs> okay, that is not all that fitness is about, okay? That is not all that it is about. We don't need to be zen for this. Just let <laughs> me have it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna let you have it. I'm not gonna do that to you. Yeah, just go off. So how So how are your plants, by the way? My plants are thriving, honestly. There's one plant that's not doing the best, but she's honestly been a little piece of shit since she came to my house. Like, she was like that before, because her mom plant is where like they like someone gifted it to me and it it was clipped from like a mother plant and she was droopy like since she got in the car like she was droopy on day 1 and so she apparently prefers low light so i've been moving her around the house to see if there's a different place for her that she might thrive in better but i don't i don't know how that plant's going to do i've just been speaking life over her spiritually and hoping that that, that works um, Not all the other plants are are killing it though <laughs> what not your plant being that emo plant at like 15 and the jamaican parent or the haitian parent is like what am i gonna gonna do with her and like you just pray over her and hope that she grows out of it it's just a phase i hate that because that's exactly (laughs) what the fuck is happening i'm like girl you've got enough water you got enough fertilizer Okay, you've been moved from this school to this school to this neighborhood from that neighborhood. I get you Girl. up in the morning. I put clothes on your back when you go to school. Don't people don't tell me that you look dirty? And guess what? <laughs> I did my support. I did my part. I traveled across <laughs> the ocean. <laughs> I had twenty dollars in my pocket and I left the islands for a better life. You wish you had. Honestly, it. Uh, you know, for the audience, now that you're here and you know what we're talking about, us being West Indian, you. <sighs> It's just such a struggle. <laughs> it is a struggle. There are so many relatable things I could tell Julio right now. And he'd immediately catch it. Like, you know, African-Americans, y'all have your thing. West Indians really do have something. Where... <laughs> Girl, the yeah. fact that everybody's mom is like a mage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every West Indian kid's mom is like a like a level 25 mage at least. At least. Or, yeah. they, or they got like dreams or something. And it's it's always spooky too. It's like okay, like my mom would call me, and instead of being like, "Oh, I don't want you to like go out tonight," or like she'd be like, "I had a dream that this terrible thing." Happened. I hate that. <laughs> I hate it. I mean, I have dreams too, but you know, we're not gonna get into all of that. Girl. You know, I predicted my grandfather's death. You know, call me Madam Cleo. I was doing it. Um, it's gaggy. I predicted someone breaking into my grandmother's house. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the spiritual connection. Girl, I woke yeah. up in the middle of the night, you know, my little, you know, my little, um, you know, Toys R Us, PJs or whatever, ran to my mom's room and said, something's wrong with grandma. Call oh me my now. God. <laughs> Not mini Julio with, you Fierce. know, with her, you know, tw- uh, twi- what was the, what was the story? Toys R Us. Um, okay. Mini Astro set. Cause I know you had one, a little mini tarot, tarot for kids or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> tarot? Tarot for kids. <laughs> 
tarot. Yeah, and you know the cards didn't have like Girl, the main my mom, tarot. If my mom saw some tarot cards in my house before I was old enough to run away. I don't think so, bitch. Not my old mom enough to that shit. <laughs> like I always loved a tarot card. Like I, my favorite, my favorite uh, Maho Shoujo is actually um, card captors. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when I first realized how much I just stand like an archetypal art representation on like a card for some reason. Like that was such a cool approach to magic to me. So like it's always stuck with me and that's why it's one of my favorite um, animes. But also like I just really love the idea of like looking at a card and like, you know, the art on like the way the cards art is and like getting meaning from that and all that stuff. So I don't know. It's just been, always been a thing. Yeah. Did you ever see that anime Daybreak Illusion? No, but what's up? What's it about? Uh, basically, the tarot. Like each girl has a tarot that they have a power from, and it's all magical girl shit. And um, okay, you know what? Let me just let me just give you guys the legendary uh, clicking keyboard noise effect oh yet gosh. again. <laughs> what was it called? there? <laughs> Not the Corsair. Just just tapping. <laughs> no, because there was this one episode where Dolce was just terrible enough. To leave the clicks on the fucking recording that I asked her not to have. <laughs> and now that I think about it, that's actually the one that we were on together last without Caputo. So I think I just have to continue the tradition. Yeah. Of you clicking. I yeah. Mean... <laughs> on, on, loud as shit. I was literally driving with my roommate listening to it again. And he was just like, this is what makes this episode what it is. <laughs> Yeah, lots of <laughs> lots of typing, lots of searching, lots of typing. Very little of my actual voice at that point, but mm-hmm. anyway, okay. This looks fierce, actually. Okay. It is. It's. Um, I never finished it though because you know it. The plot wasn't that great, and the oh, fights weren't that. that great. But you know what? It looks visually stunning. But what am I supposed to like about it? You know, I actually, I am a you know a man of substance. Um, tarot, magical girls, lots of great tarot. animation. <laughs> it is the tarot or the tarot. I don't get into that demon shit. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What this anyway. Is. Anyway, so, you know, um, I've given Julio some time. We're going to give her a little bit more today. Okay. Um, hmm. So, anyways, we're going to give Julio um, some gloating time today. Not not only is uh, he slain in terms of the fitness game and food game um, and him opening up a vegan bakery soon. Not but at all, bitch. But go off. He's also, um, you know, telling the future about how Sony, uh, PlayStation 5, um, was gonna break down, and uh, yeah, go ahead, Julio. Just you know, rip my wig. It's fine. I'm gonna just make this very simple. You know, there are you know, I have gifts. I'm usually right about most things that I talk about. However, this was actually just one that I thought was kind of easy because, like, anyone who has you know been following the sort of gaming scene over the last couple of years, or just as you know, as long as we've been alive, realizes I f- I felt I thought that you don't buy the console on the first day. Like, a new console, bitch, I need at least, like, a couple million of y'all to have try this shit out before I buy it, because I need to know what's broken, what hardware recalls we're getting. And so Dolce was like, oh, yeah, girl, I told that makes sense, girl. And then the next thing you know, she was like, yeah, I think I'm going to buy it anyway. <laughs> I think Dolce just loves spending money, which I can 100% relate to. So, you know, kudos to you. So yeah. she just really wanted to spend her money. And then recently, I confirmed via, you know, Game Break. What was it? GameBreak.com? Game Rant. Yeah. GameRant.com published the following article, which is titled, YouTuber's PS5 is already dead. <laughs> oh, my God. 
One YouTuber who has a PlayStation 5 console early reports that their new system is 100% dead after experiencing technical issues. So I guess at the end of the day, it is what it is. That's why I'm primarily a PC gamer, but I will definitely be buying, be buying the PS5 next year. So, Right. Well... And that's that on that. I'm not giving Hulu any more time to drag me. I didn't me. need it. There it was. Yeah. I, I feel bad or whatever that PS5 is having this issue. But you know what? It's still the better console between the two. I don't of know course. any other consoles. Like, Sony is my girl. It's always been my girl. And you know what? It's just a storage issue. That's fixable. Well, the thing is, what people don't realize is... <clears throat> Things need to be tested, and the more people using something, the more likelihood that you will actually figure out what's wrong with something. So, like, why would you want to be the first girl using a PS5, which has been untested by, like, the masses? Like, is it really that important to, to play, like, the newest version of Spider-Man? Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's always some regular-ass game coming out that year anyway. Like, it, the girls always wait, like, three months before they release, like, the good games anyway. And, you know, Square is always behind schedule. So if you're waiting for Final Fantasy, you're not getting it. So, like... Mood. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I always wait for the Square game. So I'm waiting for, like, Dragon Quest or, like, Final Fantasy. Or now, like, I want to get back into Bravely Default. So I'm like, okay, I need some of the girls to, like, release those games on the PS5. Like, once I see that coming, it doesn't matter what time it is. I'm preparing to buy it. But, like, on launch, when does Sony ever really give you, like, that game? Um, I mean, right now that whole Demon Souls remake is a thing, and the girls oh, are you just play that. that makes sense. Yeah, the girls are, are just waiting for the Demon Souls remake. There's also that um little uh, Japanese spirit game that I want to play. Ooh, what's that called? Do you know? Um, oh my God, it's with this girl, and it looks so good. And I okay, was... wait, you're trying to give me Fem Queen realness right now? Yeah, she's got a game, a staff. Like it's it's very okay. Um... Oh my God, like it's Stuff. almost like. It's almost like Mulan meets, like, Cardcaptor Sakura meets, like... You were trying to use my trigger words right now. You were trash. I know, because it's literally the game. I'm surprised you don't know what I'm talking about. I can't That's remember gaggy. what it is. But does it have, like, a cast... You know what I was telling you before? Like, I love a cast of characters who, like, band together from different walks of life. Like, I love the standard, like, tried-and-true JRPG moment. Um, no. I think it's, like... You know what? It's it's basically like um, you control one character, but it's almost like Pikmin, where she has like control over these little spirit things that I saw in the trailer, and I was like, oh, this is probably going to be like you get to use all of them and like do different it things like with them. Something I'm going to steal from Angel's house and play for free. If she has PS Five, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna make sure she does, and then go over and steal it. <laughs> Not you whole ass holding this white person up in their home. I mean, it's like, not like she wasn't already going to be there, but, like... She probably would barely care. She'd be like, what? Oh, I already played that game anyway. Who cares? And I also own it on three different systems. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Angel. I stand, I stand her. Um, you know her. She she got money. She she probably got the game on three different systems. She doesn't need that one game on PS5. I mean, she's got a house. She's well, got she a can house. play it in one less of the rooms in her home. How about that? How many rooms was it again? Three? Enough. Enough yeah. for each of the systems that she bought the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's more than what I got. Anyways, let's um, move on. Um, PS5, I really, really, really hope uh, you do better. Um, Honestly. Yeah. Will. I'm not pre-ordering it's still gonna tomorrow. Be the best, it's going to be the best game console most likely out of the cohort that come out around now. Mood. 
like we already know like what we where we like we belong with sony even though they try it we belong there i just know that i'm not moving in right after the vaccine came out you know what i mean like i'm not getting oh my god (laughs) oh my god i'm just not gonna be i'm not getting the chip can we please fine so, so anyways, we're moving on to our main topic today. We're not going to talk about a whole, whole lot. Caputo is not here today because... We love um, her, Yeah, she is in Puerto Rico? I don't know, and those girls don't need to know either. How yeah, it's, it? it's one of the sinking islands. So anyways, um, <laughs> so she's out there, um, and she's away. And so today, me and Julia are going to take on a topic that um, Caputo is newly interested in recently as she became a gamer. But today, we're going to go ahead and get into the controversy of Mr. Anime Man, Joey. (laughs) This man. This YouTuber. This YouTuber, uh, also known as his real name, Joseph Bizinger, a Japanese-Australian cis male (laughs) YouTuber. I love that you've really fully scoped out your new maiden name, like your new name. (sighs) Because he's just so hot. It's just, it's so annoying. It's just so annoying. (laughs) Because he's also trash, but um, anyway, <laughs> he comes out, he came out um, recently, a few days ago, with this video on um, Australia banning uh, anime and manga. And for them, it's actually drawings and cartoons. The title of the video is called Australia Just Banned, We Will Say Henty for uh, future sponsorships, because we will be getting sponsorships. Um, right, and I don't need the girls to know that I know anything about y'all anime niggas. Yeah. And uh, he says he's very angry. So Joey comes out with this video, the backlash on Twitter, as we all know from the 2%, is going to be a hell of a lot of, oh my God, you're okay with this, this, and this, trash, 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 um, UT thought, whatever, blah, 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 more 4chan lingo. And then YouTube, it's actually like, pretty good um, reception, at least from his video. But in his video, he argues that, uh, you know, Australia is having a huge issue. Um, The UN has zero clue how they're regulating um, child um, explicatives, because I don't know if we can even say child, you know, Uh, but... Explicit content involving children. Yeah, that. And... There is a lot of nuances conversation. I want to preface this that we are we are coming at this from the idea that we are expressing our opinions and views on something that is very sensitive, but we take it very seriously. Um, jokes will be made. Like I'm not going to say I'm not going to make jokes because I do about everything, but I'm not going to make it about children. It's mostly just going to be about the stupidity behind some of the moves that government makes that's actually wise because i think it gets sometimes arguments get lost in the shuffle so i feel i feel like if we just state our premise right now it's easier yeah we are not about child anything negative like we love we you know we have a like love hate relationship with children in dolce's case probably i love children but you know we both have very appropriate boundaries when it comes to our understanding of how children should be treated in real life um, so despite any jokes that are made, that's just what the fuck it is about. Yeah. So uh, let's just go ahead and go into the UN's definition of um, explicit uh, media that deals with children. Um, and it basically says any representation of a child engaged in real or simulated explicit activities, regardless of the means used or any representation of the um, parts of a child for primarily uh 
explicit purposes. Um, the qualification by whatever means reflects the broad range of material available in a variety of media, online and offline. It includes inter alia visual materials such as photographs, movies, drawings, and cartoons, audio representations, any digital media representation, live performances, written materials in print or online, and physical objects such as sculptures, toys, or ornaments. Now, here's where we get into the kind of nitty gritty of this conversation. So Anime Man makes a good point that this definition is a catch-all to literally every form of media that involves anyone under the age of 18, whether they are or they aren't, if they're represented as such, if it's even hinted that they are underage, the character in question qualifies that piece of media as a um as an explicit child related media so julio how do you feel about that how do you feel about that such a broad definition <clears throat> i lo- i always love to focus on definitions so i'm glad we're doing that at the end of the day if that is the definition stating that the definition is broad is a logical statement so yes it is extremely broad and it might be necessarily so, honestly. I think that part of the issue with the way that this argument plays out is that a lot of times the people who are having the argument or who care about having the argument have a vested interest in maintaining or at least preserving a status quo. And so I think it it might be fair to sort of suggest that there is a blind spot there as far as like, how invested you should be in preserving this real estate that we're potentially losing, right? Like how important is it to sort of like allow for an exploration of these boundaries? Like why do we need to like have explicit content for people who are under the ages of like, who are under 18, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, I think that at least for right now, I'm fine with those terms that totally make sense and calling it broad makes sense. But I'm already kind of just like raising an eyebrow because I'm like, okay, so like, what would you have preferred they say? Right. I, hmm, it's hard for me because I take Anime Man's side in the sense that it is a bit broad only because this definition and this mandate from the UN inspires other countries to take on very similar legislation which on one hand like 90 percent of it or 90 like honestly 98 percent of it for me is positive um same because i am all about eradicating anything dealing with children in a negative light especially when it comes to human trafficking and things of such my issue is that the definition has now uh created this uh I want to say uh, like a bridge between explicit material and just general every day. So in Australia, legislation has been made that bans a decent amount of anime and manga where even the most normal categorized anime that you could think of, like if I thought of any anime that would probably be an issue, it would probably be Corpse Party or... um, anime is like another like a lot of horror animes a lot of psychological animes that are very explicit um based on the definition kind of fall into this um child abuse section 
And there's something about child abuse for me that it's very hard for me to say on air, but it's like, I feel this way about every piece of media. So I want to preface what I'm about to say with that. I feel this way about every piece of media, regardless of age. For Julio, I don't want to speak for Julio, but I know that Julio is not a fan of seeing people hurt. He's not a fan. (laughs) Yeah, he's not a fan. Especially graphically. Right. Like... (sighs) I, I am a fan I don't of think horror. I need it. I don't think I need to see it to know what happened. That's my thing. And I've always said that. So, like, you're absolutely right that that's a big difference between us. Is like, I think you actually kind of find, I don't want to say you enjoy, but I think you, there's value to you in those experiences where, like, you're seeing a representation of some of certain forms of violence. Mm-hmm. Because to you, it is a representation of, like, more of a realistic sense of the, of the actual event, mm-hmm. potentially. I yeah, that's accurate. But. I would say yes because I think that there is there are some things that do not need to be seen, but my boundaries are I think a little less. Many things, yeah, there are things that are being shown to people every day via Grinder, for instance, that do ne- do not need to be seen. A lot of things don't need to be seen. <laughs> what is that? I don't know what that app is. Some of these chop these you know these Azalea voice chopped, Ooh? you know situations like. The, I don't get messages, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, you're right. Let me stop. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I definitely wanted to preface it because I think that there are certain versions of media that I will watch. I get to a certain point where I say no, right? I, I stop the I stop the stream immediately because I'm not interested in seeing it. But I've, I've watched to the highest degree of like anime gore. I've watched the corpse parties. I've watched the... Um, Oh my god, the Hina Hina Hinagari Hinabashi. It's the one with that little girl and she gets beat she gets bullied, like bullied. I mean she's kind of horrible. But like these are teen like small children, like I think below the age of like thirteen, that are like displaying extreme aggression. One girl is getting beaten. <laughs> she's like bullying this purple haired girl. And <laughs> Purple Hill Girl said, you are not bullying me today. And she gets pissed off. She picks up that chair and throws it right at her. And then she walks over doing the anime thing. You know, when they zoom in on the ground, the chair is like going across the ground like it's a sword or something. And she beats the shit out of this little girl. Like that girl is over. And she's like, look, if you ever want to try and bully me again, I, I, you know, I invite you to do so. But next time I will not take it easy on you. (laughs) I hate the way you are savoring every moment of this. I I can hear it in your voice. You know why? It's probably the experiences of me be me being bullied in real life. <laughs> that I'm like, I love seeing other people get the retribution that they deserve, and sometimes <laughs> bitches need to get beat down. Like, I it's, need to see people get fucked up. It's funny you say that because I have experienced, like in my past, I've experienced violence, and um, I came up in a situation where, like. I had to witness a lot of violence. And so I actually dislike seeing it because I feel like, like, I, I like, I, I don't know. I guess I have like a sense of sort of like a sympathy or an empathy. And I just don't like, it just, do, it's not, it doesn't do anything for me positive. I do still enjoy like the cathartic sort of release of seeing someone getting what, des- what they deserve, but mm-hmm. I also don't really need to see it. Does that make sense? No, that makes perfect sense. I see what you're saying. But um, yeah, it's interesting. Oh, I think they... that the, the crux of this here, though, is that the broadness of the definition lends itself to misinterpretation. Right. Right, right, right. And I mean, the definition itself, it's 
useful because it can cover so many grounds, like mm-hmm. different uh, sides of media. Um, and it helps with the government's ability to get into certain avenues of media that are harder to uh, regulate than others. So for television, it's very easy to regulate because the mandates are already there to help with um, explicit material that involves children easily. But when it comes to online representation, audio things, or um, even like art, it's very difficult to get into regulating that sometimes, especially, you know, I grew up in the deviant art era and you will see some things that deviant art that was just not, it's not kosher. <laughs> it's just not it. Um, and I also dabbled in like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm not. I dabbled in furry world. Julio's going to roll her eyes. It's fine. Um, but I dabbled in just furry worlds. Yeah. And furry world, honestly, some of them, Hmm. <laughs> some of them are a little hmm um suspect but it is the definition is nice because it helps with the broadness of the term but it does hurt a lot of different industries that i think benefit from and need the idea of like um kinks and things like that surrounding age play um to prosper so like i don't promote Anything explicit dealing with children, right? But I'm not completely opposed to age play in the sense that, like, two consenting adults of age are doing things that are, um, it's very similar to the kink of, like, um, I I remember I was watching this, like, uh, kink live stream and they were discussing, like, uh, daddy, dom, uh, little girl, whatever. And, like, there are some people who engage in BDSM sub-DOM relationships that are like that. I do not kink shame them. And I think if it's two consenting adults or more, because, you know, some girls love that. If it is, you know, consenting adults of age that are working that out between them, that's none of my business. So I leave it alone. It's tough, right? Because... I do not disagree with that. I think that that is a reasonable thing to say, right? That like, number one, we acknowledge that a lot of people are going to do the shit anyway. So there's that. And number Mm -hmm. two, I'm not going to please them. I'm not really worried about them. And number three, if it's just them doing it, you know, it is what it is. And there's lots of things that we do even on a personal level, which I'm sure if they were examined by the government or by other individuals might be judged in some way or shamed in some way. So I don't come at this conversation, even though I'd love to joke about it, you know, as if I am, but mm-hmm. genuinely, I'm not coming at this conversation at all from a, from a space of being like better than thou or holier thou than thou, because I think that at the end of the day, like like you're saying, we all live our own lives from our own perspective, and there are things that at least maybe to two consenting adults or two or more consenting adults that make sense. Um, the problem with anything related to, in my opinion, children or animals is that like, there is no, like as we know, there is no consent there, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think what makes this so challenging is that as much as it makes sense to talk about like certain versions of of things or certain versions of engagement that like include some of these themes and elements being potentially permissible, that could be a thing. But like at the end of the day, you know, representing a child doing sexual or even adult things 
is problematic a lot of the time and like there is a reason why this legislation makes sense in some cases so mm-hmm. it's hard for me to sort of empathize with an idea that like we're like ruining art or something by like not making it easier for people to do that completely there's also the the argument of that you're pandering to pedos yeah like you are and, giving and them using content so, and using valid valid language valid vernacular that actually moves culture to do so like you know what i'm saying like kink shaming being leveraged for pedophiles i don't think so like being a pedophilia to me is not a kink right it doesn't classify and it's not it, it's 100 it is not a kink at all however but you can call it that or you can use elements of that and sprinkle it in and massage it and suddenly it becomes more palatable and then in 20 years it's a kink well i think you can do that literally with almost anything sure so sure again that's like another layer of nuance of like okay how far is too far in some of these um kink situations where you don't want to cross the line of basically telling someone they can't do something when they're you know of consenting age between two people or more but also there's the idea of like okay um but how far is too far and how much leniency are we giving to the manifestation of like more uh i guess you could say like uh pedo inspired issues i don't know it just gives you open ground to open interpretation and sometimes it's hard to what do they call it when you slide what is this what was that what's the term um where you're sliding it's slippery slope Mm-hmm. yes yeah it's a problem of scale it becomes it's not a category problem it becomes a problem of scale also too and this is why going back to the conversation about you know this particular video and what i want from the individual who made it i'm thinking to myself fine you're making a very good point this is a very broad definition so like what is the solution what is the better definition what instead should we be should we be prohibiting or sanctioning because if you don't have that what you're doing is being really good at like describing problems but not presenting solutions mood which which is not a mood for me that's not my thing yeah and it's hard to come up because i i'm not a legislator neither are you at least from what i know who knows mm-hmm. you know tell me if you're elected or not girl um girl, Ka- kamala's on the way right kamala's electable so are we so right <laughs> right but um you know i don't know and also this is this is international waters I only know about really American government and certain uh, types of government outside of the U.S., but I am not an international policy major. You know, I am not trying to tell you that I know everything about about policy and law making and legislation or whatever, but I definitely think it's hard to create certain types of legislation when if you're just tiptoeing around the issue you're never going to get anything done this definition just gets it done without having to tiptoe around literally anything um it's just obviously the part where if every piece of 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 drawing or cartoon labeled uh media gets thrown into it then it removes like pieces that have Puella Madoka uh, Puella Magi Madoka Magica is like one of my favorite animes of all time but that features underage girls as all magical girl shows usually do going through probably to me and I think a lot of anime fans will agree some of the most psychologically intense pieces (laughs) of media ever like Madoka is a I think she's like maybe 14 
and she is making the decision, spoiler alert, she's making the decision to give up her earthly form, like her earthly body and her entire existence in order to save other girls of the same age who are being put under fire to save the world. And Puella is like a critique on Sailor Moon, which is like... I was going to say. Yeah, it's a critique on the Sailor Moon genre or like the Milky genre where it's like, oh... You know, these girls are, you know, leaving their school, their high, their middle schools and going out to fight these monsters and nobody gets hurt. But like in all actuality, Puella's like, no, these girls are going through a lot of trauma, like having to leave your you don't just leave school and think nobody's going to ask questions. You don't think you don't just go out and fight monsters at night and think like there are no repercussions. Um, and the show really delves hard into some of the psychological elements. And this even the fact that like in Sailor Moon, mm-hmm. she, she's essentially, like, she becomes kind of an adult before she's actually biologically an adult in a lot of ways. Like, Sailor Moon has, like, womanhood and motherhood thrust upon her at, like, a very young age. Like, there are some issues there that because we all hashtag love Sailor Moon don't really, like, at least in my experience, haven't gotten talked about mm-hmm. in, be- because we'd rather focus on, like, the queer representation and, like, all the other stuff that's cool about it. But there's some fucked up shit in that too. That well, like... yeah. Chibi Moon literally comes into her life, I think, when she's 16. Right. Now, Chibi... mind you, what we're not doing on this show is shaming single mothers who have children at that age. Of course and not. <laughs> out of it, I just want to preface it because you know the girls will chirp, as Julio said. I mean, not Julio, Caputo will say. Um, the girls will chirp. Yeah, oh, the I girls will chirp. <laughs> you I know. love a cancer. Yeah. I really do. Um, but that situation is really abrupt, and most people don't really ever talk about that angle of Sailor Moon or any magical girl it anime. It has always bothered me about that show, and it's funny because I always, I've always, you know me, like I have issues with Sailor Moon because I don't think it's the best anime in the world, personally. Mm-hmm. However, I love the magical girl genre. I think the aesthetics of it are super fun, and what is cool about it is that you can really escape from reality because it is so outside of what people really see as like possible and normal. So I think that's why they they have such a resonance with us or or many of us is because it's like such good projection material like suddenly i'm this girl and you're that girl and we're a group of friends like there's themes you know what i'm saying there's just so much about it that's great right um but i think that that's actually part of the danger of putting young figures in adult situations and making it appeal and be cute and adorable and attractive because it actually kind of shifts the conversation about what actually really does make sense and is applicable for real life. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, that's okay, totally. And in other cases, like for instance, sexualizing young children, it is not. <laughs> right. And so it's hard to see like something that for a lot of us feels obvious, like, oh, child porn is wrong, be like massaged into an overall conversation about like the boundaries of art. Mm-hmm. It's just hard. Yeah. I don't think there is an easy answer. So let's go into the examples of things that we would like to change. Because honestly, and I'm about to drag you otakus, and I'm so sorry for about for what's Do about to happen. <sighs> but excluding me and Julio, because I know Julio and I know myself, and excluding my friend Angel. But a lot of you otakus on 4chan and Reddit have created a whole community that is... Like, honestly, YouTube during the Gamergate era was one of the most misogynistic, toxic, ugly battlegrounds online I have ever had to deal with. I know. 
Do you want to say for me to pull? I'm no, I'm waiting for you. I'm just yeah. preparing myself for this raid. Like, let's be honest here. I, I, the term simp came from this era. The term of um, waifus, the Lolita girls came up from this. The whole like your pillow has a boyfriend and your pillow's boyfriend's boyfriend. That whole world came about. Let me tell you. Otakus, y'all are some introverted, weird people, and I just have to let you know that. I don't like that introverted is a pejorative here. It is not. <laughs> it's just how can you be like? Honestly, one of the things that I wanted to say is like, I feel like otaku culture lends itself to having these problems because they are so influenced by the shows and media that they're in that they're ingesting. And part of Anime Man's argument was that a lot of the shows that we watch anime don't influence um, us. It's like the argument of like, oh, if you're, you know, you don't go out and shoot someone just because you played Grand Theft Auto. But that's actually slightly false. There's nuance to that also. So with this whole anime conversation, I wanted to see like... Can I speak to the point you just made real quick, though? Oh, yeah, go for it. There's also the reverse. Like, people don't think about the fact that, like, part of why anime is the way it is is because of people who watch it and make it and invest in it. So, like, if a lot of anime is really concerned with young girls running around with their skirts flipping up and their, like, panties exposed, why is that? Right. So, like, it's a chicken and egg thing. Like, we could blame it. We could, we could make this really annoying and sort of, like red herring of an argument that like oh anime isn't making us go out and run and like you know do things to young girls but then we don't we forget to reverse it and think okay but like why are young girls appearing in this way why are women appearing in this way in anime mm-hmm. oh because men make anime a lot of the time you know right really creepy men sexually repressed men a lot of them were sexually repressed but I, I mean it's the culture of like the, the place where a lot of these shows come from and that's a whole conversation in itself because you know japan's love motels are shutting down there's this new generation is apparently about 70 percent celibate like um the population is yeah julio's making faces for the audience but if the audience doesn't know and it looks like julio doesn't know but uh japan's government is actually having a huge issue right now because they are estimating that their population is going to start decreasing in the next five years and there's going to be a huge issue where there's not going to be enough workers to take on the roles of older um japanese individuals as they come of age so japan's entire industry is starting to have a almost like a like an anxiety attack if you will because people are not procreating anymore like the straights are not doing what they need to do anymore apparently not the breeders yeah the love motels are um, shutting down at a record rate um people are not most of our generation and our age group funny enough and a little bit lower like 20s 21 22s they're not having as many sexual interactions anymore for some reason and uh, researchers are trying to figure out why um which is odd. But funny enough, that's coinciding with Japan's um, culture of having, which is something we have to discuss in another episode, which is like a groping molestation culture in Japan. Like the whole thing where women have to have a separate train car in Japan because of the incidences and cases of uh, men groping them, 
which comes from what Julia was saying earlier, which is like sexually repressed men, culturally, they do have a lot of repression. Um, their views on sex are very conservative. Um, but that all filters into the idea that like Japan's whole entire world is changing and the whole groping thing, molestation cases are coming down, even though not many people report it anyway, because again, Japan's culture of like shutting up and just doing it for the country is a thing. But there are some correlations in data that the uh, sexual assault cases are starting to come down as the older generation is starting to wane off. Um, so they're reevaluating some of the groping car laws and things like that. Mm. Yeah, it's like a whole tangent. I was looking at it and I was like, wow, this is just, this is wild. I'd like to do an episode on that. Maybe on, maybe like our two, our like Dolce Julio episodes are going to be this type of shit because right. it's really interesting. <laughs> I really want to learn about that and talk about that. Yeah. But, okay. Well, yeah. Well, so I went on a huge tangent, but the audience at least just learned something. So if you want to go get some more information, go do that. Google is your friend. Um, but I definitely want to get into like examples of anime, like pet peeve things that you see that are misogynistic, um, you know, trigger word, uh, and uh, things that just do not sit right with you when you watch certain shows. Uh, did you want to go first or did you want me to go first? I mean, I think we could bounce back and forth, right? My right. thing is that I'm hoping that people understand that doing this is more like like kind of an exploration and not necessarily saying that like these are things that can never be in you know media or that are unique to Japanese media necessarily like I'm sure there's instances of this type of stuff elsewhere mm-hmm. it's just this is really relevant because it's part of why the conversation is so important right now and 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 I think too I think for me, the biggest thing is just the trend of like women appearing in Japanese media and being immediately like objectified yeah. in certain ways that are just like abnormal, like just almost like it's almost it's almost like norm, like it's almost funny. Like there are entire anime that are designed to essentially have a woman's breast jump up and down every time she appears. And it's just like that's just all it is about. Right. But you don't walk around and see men's balls jiggling. Right. For instance, in those same anime, like you don't see that. And so even the marked difference between like how some shonen and some shonen I appear, like there's just like different gender dynamics. And they oftentimes result in like a woman's body being objectified in certain ways and not necessarily seeing the like opposite happen. So I feel like there's like a lack of balance. Like if we're going to do it, why isn't everyone doing it? Right. It just seems like a lack of respect for female presenting bodies mm-hmm. across the board anime with the with like that famous scene like there's this anime i forget the name and dolce probably knows with like this favorite shooting like gun, like fight scene where some like a woman is basically like i think i forget if it was a woman or a guy with a woman but essentially someone's like shooting a gun and, with like, the sniper rifle like, yes and it's, they're like bullets oh my god it's high school of the dead oh my goodness gracious like he what literally has, if the audience doesn't know, just an example. A real quick example is that this guy, they're fighting zombies, and these women are just in the most scantily clad uniforms, as per usual, Japanese uniforms. And one of the girls has a sniper rifle in front of her, and the guy's like, I gotta shoot some of these zombies. He proceeds then to have her go on the ground. He then, the sniper rifle gets tied around her where her breasts are like 
engorge because of how tight the belt is around her chest, and like he can't get so it off of it, her. Is it tying it for her for, for stability, or is it just no? An it was an accident, but that's how it always mm-hmm. happens in these anime. And then he's just like, okay, well, I'm just gonna have to shoot this thing, and the recoil of the gun is so strong. I shouldn't be laughing, but this thing is so funny. Well, it is funny, unfortunately. The recoil is so strong that he is shooting this gun, and her like her chest is just... It's waves, honey. Like, waves. like Ripples. Ripples. A ripple effect. Like, the butterfly effect is happening on her chest at this point. <laughs> Not the Mandela effect. Right? It's just... It's too much for me. Oh, also, the gun bullets are going through another Swordswind woman's breasts. <laughs> Yeah, literally, there's like two boobs, and in the space between boobs, as they jiggle, a bullet flies through that space in slow motion. No, no plot development is happening. Right. No exposition. Nothing. <laughs> and, and the gag here, and here's the gag, and this is why I gave y'all this disclaimer. Like, I think, and this is maybe just me being a male chauvinist pig or whatever. I don't know, but like, I will not lie. I see comedic value in this. It is funny to me. <laughs> It is kind of hilarious, not because I would ever sit down and draw this or come up with this idea, but because of how far from like reality, how removed, how crazy it seems. It's just funny as fuck. Yeah. And so it's hard to fully just sit there and be like, that is wrong and evil. And it's more so like, why are we doing this? That's my question. Yeah. I, I don't know why, because there was a bullet that went through her legs and you get a full upward view of the white Victoria's Secret that she's wearing and I'm like what for the gaze like this is sickening not a study in the male gaze right that's you know what that's actually true yeah because we're not necessarily sexualizing female bodies we might still be object well no we are yeah still objectifying them Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. but are we like sexualizing a a pair of breasts no some of us are envious right some of us are like go off not me but go off you know what I mean yeah so like that's a good point, right? As a queer person who is who is cis male, like how do you view a pair of, you know, huge boobs flopping in the wind? Like it's not the same. I wonder though, are there guys really like at home feeling something about that? Like feeling something more sexual? Like what type of person watches this and doesn't think it's ridiculous? Yeah. I mean, the men who draw it, I feel like in most cases these cis men are probably drawing this because A, it's normalized in anime uh, culture, and B, it's a really good gag reel if you don't have anything else. And also, the anime High School of the Dead is similar to all animes that fall under this like harem uh, category, which is one of my pet peeves. We might as well just bring it up now since we're talking about it. The harem anime is annoying. And the re- what's hashtag the reverse harem, which... To me, is weird, but go off. Yeah, it's like, why is this anime set up on this one male character where all these like cis women in this cast are interested in this dopey, useless male example of a male, which are most men in real life, but it's just this one guy, and it's no, there's no plot around him really. But can we be fair though? What? The same thing applies to like Bella Swan. Okay, but that's the thing. That's like a that's a tried and true sort of narrative, though. Like one person who's you know not the most attractive, but has a heart of gold, or who has like a virtuous. No, it is never the affection and admiration of a harem of multiple viable sex partners who are much more attractive, much more well off. Like that is like the bread and butter of like the K drama, 
like the k-drama girl is always like the standard girl and even though she the actress is beautiful she's like supposed to be plain and there's two rich ass niggas fighting over her it's like you know what i'm saying like that's always the thing but in anime it's never the girl is never in reverse it's it's never the woman having a bunch of men after that one girl it is i haven't seen it the girl's basket okay one. It's just not the same. No, there's more. Trust me. There's so, it's just uh, it's not the same because women Trinity don't do seven the same, level. Twin women don't do the same stupid shit that men do. That's just the thing. Like, and that's why I was saying it's it goes down to who's making the anime. Niggas making this situation happen. It is different energetically than women do. Because I know it would never happen in real life. Like, no, no women are not going to sit around like off this man. They, I feel like it's just a bunch of otaku's making anime, like fulfilling their fantasies of never having women in real life and just like putting it on screen. Because that's what a lot of them are doing, that's fapping to Twitch streamers. Like, but, but the thing is, that's definitely what it is. But like, as someone who reads romance novels now uh-huh. <laughs> which are predominantly written by women there is a lot of ridiculous shit happening on both sides it's just not the same because ultimately women are not in a position of power and influence over men in the same ways women women are w- women's bodies are subject to more objectification and subs in sexualization and dehumanization right. than the male body so that's why i think the intensity is so big but you are correct because at the end of the day i don't i think this is even statistically proven, but like at the end of the day, men and women in the same sexual market on average, like a seven male and a seven woman, if we were to rate people in that way, men have less sexual opportunities than women. The average woman could find a sexual partner at any moment. Oh, That's yeah. Like a very common thing. Whereas with men, men typically actually have to try harder. Right. So that is another reason, I think, subliminally even, why like men's relationship to sexualizing the, the the hashtag opposite sex like let's assume they're cis and heterosexual is so different because women are not thinking oh like i need to find sex women are like i need to choose my sex a lot of the time right they social that's how they're socialized whereas with men it's like who is going to have sex with me who can like who can i convince i mean i love that i to your point there's also an industry standard or of force like, yeah, like, there's also that industry standard of, like, women make yaoi. For the audience, if you don't know what yaoi is, it's, you know, it's gay anime. It's usually very explicit, depending on how soft or how hardcore you're getting into it. But women make that genre. And even when women write male characters, it is never sexualized in the same way as cis men mm-hmm. writing women characters, like, female characters from their point of view. Yep. Um it's usually the, you know, the tropes of yaoi is like the blush on the face and the, oh my god, itai. You know, it's just very like, you know, it's womanly relationship. Honestly, it's what I want. Really? She's a womanly! Maybe women have a really good idea of how to be like, I don't know, vulnerable and like... Well, contrapoint. <laughs> and emotionally resonant. You know I want to talk about her because, you know, my favorite Please white woman it. on the face of earth. This Wynn. Miss uh, Natalie Wynn, contrapoint. If you do not know who she is, you better go on YouTube and get some knowledge. Um, so you can cancel her immediately. <laughs> oh, my God. You faggot. You, oh, my God. I love her. I just love her from a distance. You furries and AFAB girls online canceling contrapoints really need to get your shit together. Like, Oh, we don't care about that. I'm just, I'm so tired of people canceling her because I think... This is not an episode about me defending ContraPoints. You know what? We should do an episode about me defending ContraPoints. Yeah, and just tag her so she can yes. give us the clout she deserves for all this free promo. Oh, yeah, because, you know, money. She but she's got a Patreon. 
I stand her so much. Thank you, Angel, for introducing me to her. But um, anyways, what I was going to say was that ContraPoints had an episode where, um, the incel episode, obviously, where she talked mm-hmm. about Fierce. Um, an endochronological hormonal system. And with that, as a trans woman, she has experienced the male side of the spectrum and um when she was in that she was on dating apps in both genders so being able to experience it she even admitted that like in her words you know do i want to go on to dating apps and you know experience silence like most men do or get a firing squad of dicks uh on tinder as a woman and for her honestly she preferred the firing squad of dicks because the firing squad at least gives some people at least validates that like oh my god people want me at least i don't have to feel like i don't have anything because most cis men are competing with thousands of other cis men in the messages and they're hoping and praying that this one person messages them back um and also she was talking about how her partnerships are different because she interacts with relationships completely different. Like she thought that she was asexual at one point after transitioning because the testosterone filled sexual uh, attraction that she felt before was completely diminished. And she no longer had the, I look at someone and immediately have this raging fire in me to hook up with them. Now it was like, Oh, that person's attractive, but cool. Which by the way, this could be taken as transphobic, but honestly, I want that system, that hormonal system, because what I have right now, like men are trash and I can't believe I have what I have because I'm tired. I would like to be like, <laughs> I would like to be able to just walk around and be like, yeah, people are attractive and not need <clears throat> sexual interaction. For the record, that's a very oversimplified point because of the fact that there are there are men who are actually estrogenized men, mm-hmm. men who are low testosterone men. So being a man does not necess- necessitate uh, that sort of sexual attraction. However, it is reasonable mm-hmm. to talk about it from that standpoint because the average man, or at least the man that we think about when we think of cis men, is like that because of a lot of times because of the, the hormonal balances that they have. Right, that's so why. 100%. I just want to balance that because like there are men who literally they can go to a doctor and get tested for their hormone their hormone levels and they naturally do not have those levels of testosterone that right. would present this problem to them. Yeah, that's why I preface it with like this could be a, and vice versa. This could be problematic because yeah, I um I'm generalizing. It might be, but it's not, I don't think it's transphobic. I feel like it's specifically just like generalizing it's a little bit reductive. Right. Yes. Yeah, that but, makes but sense. But not on purpose. Yeah. So we got into all that. I'm surprised we got into a lot of topics today. That's how this show works, honey. Yeah, we just, uh, we did a little bouncing pinball game today um, for you girls without internet and solitaire. Um, that was a 1999-2000 reference for a lot of you young people. <laughs> but let's, let's, let's do me a favor, though. Let's do a few things. Let's make sure that when it comes to this Natalie Wynn point, we tie it back into this overall conversation. Mm-hmm. And then maybe just pop one or two good examples of, like, animes we think kind of fall into this category. So we can be like, you know, you're in danger, girl. You oh, know what I mean? animes that fall into this category. So there are some anime, like, okay, so No Game, No Life is an anime about like a video game world, Discord. It's actually one of my favorite animes. 
Um, it's got an amazing soundtrack, beautiful art. It's animated so well. The story is great, and it was based on the light novel. However, this is another thing that comes into the whole ch- explicit content that deals with children. The brother and sister thing that anime loves to do, which is that I like I hate that shit. I hate it. Where the fuck is with that? There's this like, and it's not unique to Japan because these white people in these explicit explicit situations love to give you a headline like daddy and son mm-hmm. do this it's like come on now y'all right what the fuck is wrong with y'all they it's just they love a very under very subtle um but sometimes it's, it's not subtle references to like a love interest between siblings and it just feels weird and no game no life has that exact same problem on top of that the younger sister is like con- I think she's maybe like 13 and this girl Shiro she's fierce right but also we've seen her literally sit around with like a pair of um women's panties like on her head in one of the episodes there's also an episode where they play this game um it's a Japanese game I can't remember its name I think it was like shikitori it's like a word game based on syllables and if you say one thing that word in this specific game will disappear in reality so like part of the game was that you would match whatever word the opponent said with something that had the same letter or syllable at the end um in the beginning and whatever you said would disappear and then something you said would appear yada 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 essentially there was a part in it where it didn't make any sense. It, there was no point in having it in there. But Jibril, who's this angel that they're fighting against, she's like, the main character says um, something for like uh, the nether regions of like the female body. And so it disappears, right? Then he says uh, things for like, you know, the nipples or whatever of like a woman's chest and things like that. Then he removes the clothes. And then he's, the anime tries to make this like tongue in cheek reference that like, because they removed all of the sexualized parts of the body, they can now show these clothless uh, females, which includes a very underage child on screen with no clothing. Don't tell me the Sailor Moon transformation sequence. Okay, see, that was another thing I was going to bring up, but I don't know. That's real. It's hard because I think it's so sickening. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It is fierce. And when I was a kid, it was fierce. It was so sickening. I'm still an adult and it's still fierce. So, like, what does that say? <laughs> like, you couldn't like, tell me anything. What does that say? You couldn't tell me anything in first grade when I put my hand in the air and the, the, the classroom got dark and my nails started glowing gold. Okay. I could have told you, bitch. I, I literally, you couldn't tell me I wasn't Sailor Venus on the weekends. I was not hurt <laughs> during, you know, school hours. <laughs> I was very much so giving you Power Rangers, Go Go Power Rangers, Red Ranger, Green Ranger, or whatever. But like on the weekends, bitch, with my little brother, he was Sailor Mercury, I was Sailor Venus. Mm-hmm. And then we had like a cousin who was like a play cousin, and she was Sailor Moon. And we used to like chase her ass around the houses, everything. Oh my God. And somehow I wasn't gay until much later in life. Oh, so girl. Anyway. Yeah, you running out of church. You 100% said moon crystal yeah, power. Right. And you were like, yes, I can be a faggot now. <laughs> look, look. But I said Artemis. <laughs> <laughs> So Artemis, let's go, girl. It's time to go to Kingston. My God. Um, 
but yeah, that's like one example of anime that has done some things where it's extremely questionable. It's not even questionable. It's just you're using loopholes and making references into it, to it in an anime where you're trying to be funny, but it's not actually funny. It's actually uncomfortable. Um, and it kind of removed like a lot of my respect for the anime at that point, because even though the next part of the scene was probably one of my favorite scenes in like anime period, it still took away all of that power because you had to uh, demote the entire show to this kind of gag reel of nudity on underage people which was a huge problem. And I have other examples. Like I hate the groping of women's uh, breasts in every anime, especially between, I don't know if this is like taking advantage of like uh, female relationships, cis or trans or um, agender relationships on female presenting bodies. But like, are these animes taking advantage of the idea that women are closer to each other in some ways and this whole consenting thing between them of like being more casual with each other's bodies uh, is a thing in like, I don't know how Japanese culture works, but I have read some articles where like people are like uh, cis women are a little bit closer to each other in terms of like dealing with the body. So I don't know if they're taking advantage of that and using it as a way to sexualize the body even further when like the girls are in a, you know, steam room together and you know how it goes. Like it gets funny and they're like grabbing each other. You're touching on something that is actually kind of tangentially related to this, but suffice to say you're speaking on skinship, Mm -hmm. which is actually more indicative of our Western belief systems clashing with like, especially being American and just seeing our Americanness as like central to what, reality is about we're not realizing that in other cultures especially amongst the same gender it's actually very normal to sort of touch each other and be close to each other like my mom sometimes will talk about how in like where she comes from you know men sometimes were really close friends at least growing up like would like hold hands and walk places together you know in asia i've seen that too i've seen that represented how like you know even in japanese anime specifically since we're talking about that there's always like that bathhouse scene or something where someone like scrubs each other like someone will scrub the other person's back or like right be naked in the spring together and it's not really a sexualized experience it suggests sexuality to us for whatever reason but it's not necessarily so right Except for the points where there are some anime, like, um, I know, oh my god, like, Asterisk War. There's even a scene in Asterisk War where one of the main characters, the fire mage girl, is, like, making, like, the smaller girl who has, like, A-cups, essentially. She's flat-chested, which is a huge joke in Japanese anime. She's constantly, like, just going up randomly and, like, grabbing the bigger-breasted, like, bimbo character chess constantly yeah and they're always like constantly doing it and she's just like oh my god i wish i had this it's like girl please please it's weird because i actually remember in real life because i was close again a reason that i was not gay i was close to a lot of girls growing up when i was growing you know growing up in like elementary middle school and i remember right i I mean i was one of those kids who kind of like could get along with everyone though so i always had friends of every group but specifically i just preferred hanging out with girls and I remember there was, like, one girl who told me, like, a story about, like, how the other girls in the locker room had, like, ganged up on her and, like, essentially talked about how large her breasts were and, like, said she had a boob job and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, it gave me a window, sort of, of, like, understanding into how, like, women, because of, probably because of the society we live in, young women, young girls judge themselves according to, like, adult standards a lot of the time. 
And that's one of the thing reasons why I was I hate to do this because it's not that I don't like the anime, but like I keep wanting to bring up Sailor Moon because it's just such a great example of this. How like an overwhelmingly positive example of like what you can do with like young media, like like ch- ch- I guess children's media I want to call it, can also be seen from another lens. And that's why this legislation is so interesting is because I think that at the end of the day, it's accomplishing one of the core tenets of like what some lawyers believe is like the I, the whole pur- purpose of legislation and changing laws is actually to move culture and shift culture in the way we talk and feel mm. about what's happening. Because the idea that now there is a legal representation or legal basis for criticizing this sort of media really lends itself to you looking at it in a different way. Mm-hmm. So is it that Sailor Moon is inherently bad or that, you know, any other anime that does this is inherently bad? Maybe, maybe not. But we're able to sort of re-examine things that we love based on our new understanding. And, and, and then hopefully after doing that, we can provide a better example of what that legislation should look like. Right. It gives us a nice bar to measure things against when we create something new and it's really helpful, which... Hmm. The last thing we're going to talk about here is how uh, at the time of the 2014 changes to child laws in Japan, uh, lobbyists on behalf of the Japan Japan, uh, Cartoonist Association argued that a total ban on explicit content or content with underage people in it would damage the entire industry, like the entire anime industry, the hentai industry. And they're right. And their argument was that imaginary images, though, unlike real child abuse or real versions of child uh, specific media, they don't actually uh, give you, it's not happening in real life essentially is what they're saying. I don't think that's a good argument. Yeah. And they, they and that's stupid. Senator, uh, his name is Sterling Griff of the Australia uh, of the Australian government says he didn't buy that argument. And so he wasn't happy with it, which is, this is one of the reasons why they, banned a lot of this explicit material then again oh <laughs> because I, I have to play the devil's advocate here uh-huh. there is the fact that a lot of us play video games some of which are extremely popular where people get sacrificed for instance in like demonic rituals right or like so you're just going to tag me in dead by daylight or world of warcraft right because right? i literally just just downloaded and played that game yesterday and i was like okay i'm literally doing like a whole ritual you sacrificed someone yesterday is what you're saying <laughs> i was pre- i was preventing someone get from getting sacrificed because i was a part of the alliance oh okay I, I mean normally i play horde so actually i probably could have totally been doing that oh. but my point is <laughs> i was the girl I, I played alliance this time so i was saving the girls from being sacrificed and i actually was thinking this to myself like i am technically like acting out a role in sort of like I don't want to call it like a cosmic drama or anything because that's dramatic as fuck, but like I'm I'm playing a role that I do not personally identify with. However, there are individuals who, because I was on an RP server, because I was invited by some friends, totally are getting into this whole thing. So like what if you just swapped out the elements and suddenly it was kids? Like, is it specifically because of the age? And if that's the case, then like really there's no arguing if 13 is the age we choose or 18 what is the argument there is no argument it doesn't matter if it's happening in real life or not Mm. that's just what it is Mm. because apparently children are much more sacred than like the immortal soul (laughs) right 
Well, I mean, doesn't that tie back to our episode with Caputo in it last time on parasocial relationships and how there were things that, uh, like, you know, my favorite catchphrase was, you know, how we actually feel versus how we ought to feel. Yes. And so in this yes. case, like, how are we supposed to feel about these things when it comes to a fictional digital representation versus like our real life? Because I think most people are like, if it's happening in real life, shut that shit down. Like this doesn't need to be happening. But whenever it comes to a digital person, there seems to be a, a, a leniency because it's not uh, the capital is not in your hands or you cannot actually physically touch that. Um, and so the ramifications from the action or the scene or the media or whatever are not immediately felt by them. So without the real life representation right in front of them or like a, a or like a case study, they don't have the the attachment of like that empathy because it's happening digitally. I think it's super hard. Like this is one of those conversations where I genuinely just feel super unqualified to pre to present a solution. And I think that the reason I feel that way is because I am just as much as the guy who made the video that we're talking about is. Exactly. I think that that's really the real problem here. The real problem is that the people who are invested in this conversation are not actually qualified to answer these questions because realistically like who is to say that like like what is consent what is a child what does that mean is it really 18 is that the bar we've set is that is there a reason for that biologically mm -hmm. because a lot of people develop and are mature before then is it about consent is it about your frontal lobe or whatever fully developing because 18 is not the age for that right it's, it's just it's extremely arbitrary and broad but it's also arbitrary and broad for good reason because realistically like it is important enough that we come up with a way to stop people from just casually sexualizing young children and young girls specifically. And it happens in media all the time. So it's hard for me to genuinely say, this is exactly why we're doing it in this way, but it is easy for me to say, we need to do it. Exactly. I just know that at least for me, the like we were saying in the beginning of the show, which I think we're just going to wrap up now. I think in the beginning of the show, we made the point that like, we are not qualified to make any suggestions about solutions, but we can at least contemplate and speculate why these things are happening and maybe kind of identify some of the nuances around the situation so that we can, you know, have a better grasp of it. Because I'm not, I didn't want to come to Anime Man's video and be like, oh my God, he's the most whore. I didn't want to do the Twitter thing where it's like, you know, parroting what everyone else is saying. I definitely wanted to think about it critically and think about the situation. I know for me personally, I like that. I like the mandate and I like that Australia has taken a good, uh, stance against um, abuse to children in every form. And I hope that other countries do the same, um, depending on what they have, because obviously France, you're 16, psh, do whatever you it's want. It's gaggy. It's gaggy because at the end of the day, like, well, that, well, you know what? That's actually a great, that's a great point. Right. It should be up to the governing body, I guess, and maybe the people who live in that governing body, governing body to determine like what the actual age is potentially like what is a child. I don't, I don't think like I would, I would love to be able to definitively, definitively say what that should be. I can't because I don't, I don't have the ability to do that. So I think it's fair that maybe in this particular country they say it's seventeen or sixteen, and this one they say eighteen. Fine, whatever. I'm not going to get into that. Um, with that said. I like that it's broad because because at first I was thinking to myself, okay, is it better to just start small and like kind of 
make it more specific as you go along and i think no because half of what i talk about as a fucking black person as a queer person is how insidious and pervasive and institutional a lot of the sort of aggression is right a lot of the damage that is done to me as an individual is done on a level that is often not recognized by the average person who is not in my specific circumstance Mm -hmm. so like how much more should we be just vigilant about putting a strong sort of gird of protection over young children and making it much much harder for them to be exploited in the way that they have been right whether it be even themselves even children seeing childlike figures be exploited because that's something we don't acknowledge either here we haven't touched on that yet like and i i hate to extend this more i'm sorry that's fine for instance the seven deadly sins on netflix Mm -hmm. all of those characters are of age but like they're not like Meliodas the main character looks like he's like 10 years old and he's groping Elizabeth's breasts like the entire time and like there's another character who's like a fairy who is with Bon who is like a like Bon is like a fucking you know the statue of David you know as far as his his musculature is concerned right he's like chiseled and like this little fairy lolly girl is his long lost lover girlfriend mm-hmm. like it's an anime I watch and I sort of look over and, and even now I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I should be more critical of myself doing that. But like, it's true. I've watched the anime, but realistically it shows just how much we ignore and kind of like push away some of these obvious glaring issues that are really just relationship dynamics that we shouldn't really be interested in, in viewing. Right. Potentially. I mean, it's the same conversation of like people saying in, in um, live action media where they say, Oh, why is there a thousand year old vampire going to a high school and dealing with yep. like 16 year olds and acting like as if they're in the same category of, you know, yep. mental progression, emotional uh, stability, things like that, being able to make decisions, stuff like that. Like, and then as the 16 year old, you're like, Oh, an older guy likes me. Yeah, but he's like a thousand, so this is completely but different. But they don't see it that way. He's fierce because we live in a society that is about what is in front of your face, not about what's behind your eyes. Right. I mean, that's a whole other episode to talk about. But, yeah. um, woo, like, that's going to get into something. Um, <laughs> look, my trauma's coming out. So anyways, um, I think this can be a part two. This should be a part two episode. Cause... We'll continue that. This is one we, we might pick up again, like if we ever have, maybe if, if not, if Caputo is not here for it, or maybe we can just bring her in for it. It's up to her, but we should definitely, definitely do this again. Yeah. Whenever we do our little, um, you know, duo, the gaming duo, what should we call <laughs> ourselves? We got to name ourselves because this is something. <laughs> yeah. We got to figure it out. Maybe we'll, we'll like introduce it on step three. Yeah. 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 We'll come back when the marketing plans, um, made Let me... you know, do all that. <laughs> I hear the girls chirping. They type in. <laughs> Ooh, girl, let me get my drafts ready. Please. Well, thank you so much, Julio, for having this conversation with me for the audience. Period. You know, thank you for listening. If you've gotten this far, it's probably a triggering conversation. And, you know, obviously I extend my condolences to anyone listening. That's like maybe triggered by it. Cause you know, this is definitely like probably top, three in terms of like sensitive topics for world politics and like societal interaction. So, um, you know, definitely hit us up in the comments, like comment and subscribe. Please go to all of our social media pages and follow because you will be getting good content. I am funny as hell. Honestly, like, I'm sorry. I deserve thousands of followers. <laughs> if you do, if you do nothing else, follow at for filth podcast, please on every platform. Okay, we're trying to give you, we're trying to give y'all content, but y'all hoes are not listening. Right. Well, anyway, thank you so much and have a nice night y'all.
Que el tal de 